Welcome to Of Dust and Divinity, a place where we ask big questions of small things as we gather around the table with makers, thinkers, and doers. So grab your favorite drink, pull up a chair, and join us. That's, that's a good one. We'll, we can probably unpack that more, but uh, I want to move on here a little bit and, and talk about, now you've turned me on to this book called The Unsettling of America. Mm, and I believe that's um, Wendell Berry. Is that correct? The, the author is Absolutely. Wendell Berry. Absolutely. Uh, now you're, you're taking a swig of whiskey and it's very important that you do that right now. And I think you're trying to cue me. I'm listening to the audible version, which is read, speaking of whiskey, by Nick Offerman. Mm. And it's just fantastic. What a voice uh, to listen to for 12 hours. Oh my gosh, mm. it's, it's really, it's really mm. great. Just have a fireplace going in the background and I'm, and I'm there. Uh, and it's it's interesting because it feels like this book was written in a different time, but it's almost speaking to our time right now. And, yeah. and for folks that might be interested in this, I encourage you to go read it. I'm still working my way through it. It's but so I prescient, right? I, th- I think I think it came out in 1977. In, in the 70s, yeah, yeah, I mean, over 40 years ago, yeah. And it's oh, it's just... almost prophetic in a way. I think, oh, yeah, so so much so. But I was I was walking along and I it it hit this one part and I remember as as I was walking I stopped I pulled out my phone and I texted you like this <laughs> mind blowing moment of this concept that he talked about where he talks about the specialist mm. uh, and and I'm gonna but I I'd love for you to talk about that specialist and what that means and how that relates to maybe what you're doing, but you also mentioned generalists and, mm-hmm. and kind of maybe compare those for us and talk a little bit about specialists versus a generalist. Yeah. Yeah. Wendell is, he's just, he's an amazing agro philosopher um, and, and moralist, which is, he's just a hoot to listen to. And his novels are a delight too, as especially if you don't like any plot, but just care a lot about character. <laughs> you got, and, uh, and that's one thing I, you, you really got to sit in it. It's, it's a, yeah. I think almost like a metaphor for farming. It's almost, it's a slower pace that you got to kind of work your way into. But once you get in there, boy, you're just, you're kind of lost in the trees, you know? For Yeah. And I, I, I feel like, you know, I haven't talked to Wendell about it and I, I wish I could just sit down speaking of a fireplace with whiskey. I wish I could just sit down and have a conversation with him. Mm. Um, but, but I, I read his works as being very intentional in that almost in the Jesus sense of he who has ears, let him hear, right. He writes in a way that those who are too busy to pay attention to what matters, aren't going to hear what he has to say about what matters. Mm. He's written to the listener who's ready to hear. And he knows that and, and unapologetically to the point where he doesn't even acknowledge it in any of the writing that I've come across so far. Um, but it seems purposeful to me and, and, and other people who know him better can correct me, um, on our Patreon speaking of, oh, um, yes. jump in there, join our Patreon, tell me how wrong I am about Wendell Berry and <laughs> we'll probably send you some merch or something. Um, Love it. but yeah, so, so this, this idea of an expert to me is, is a subset of kind of this larger framework, both in my approach to farming and to this podcast and this idea of like creating a positive framework for exploration. Right. And so one of the things is that like specialists know a lot about one thing and they tend to box other people out. They say, well, because you don't know as much as me, we can't have a conversation about that because I'm the expert. Right. Uh, but, but when Wendell talks about, he talks about it in very extensive ways, but quickly 
He talks about the experts as being good at one particular thing, and generalists are inherently the opposite of specialists, and that farmers are inherently generalists, that farmers have to be part-time mechanics, part-time gardeners, part-time husbandry, livestock, you know, uh, raisers, uh, have to be a part-time accountant, part-time bookkeeper, part-time tax guy, uh, part-time regulatory, uh, part-time marketer, uh, part-time everything, right? You, you have to be, yeah. Yeah. You got to sell yourself. You've got to be a generalist to be a farmer. And what the specialist does, and we've seen this in industrialized farming, it says you need to hand over part of your skills and therefore part of your competency and therefore part of your character Mm. to me. I will now tell you when to spray in your orchard. I will now tell you where to sell your product to market. I will now tell you. So and Wendell takes us all the way to the extreme. He talks about kind of this, this, the, the person then who has so offloaded themselves and he describes character in these very practical terms, right? He talks about it in the sense of like expertise and skill and competence and, and all the, and experience and all these things. But when we offload that to other people, then all that's left for the individual then is to make money and be entertained. Well, the, they then make money as a specialist themselves and they're entertained by specialists. They send their children to specialists for education. Their food comes from specialists manufactured and heated up in the microwave. And so then the whole framework of life becomes dominated by an ecosystem of specialists to the point later on that a conversation about becoming generalists is like speaking in a foreign language because the ecosystem doesn't support it. The ecosystem Mm -hmm. only supports an awareness of and participation with specialists. So any kind of alternative conversation feels radical and shattering when really it's very, very normal. This idea of creating this positive framework for exploration is really leaning into normalizing what it means to be a generalist. And saying, I don't have all the answers. I certainly don't have a link. I don't have the answers about podcasts or farming or spirituality or manhood or parenthood or anything else. I do not have the answers. Um, but I'm a generalist. I dabble. And so it's this idea of like, uh, it to me, it ties into gatekeepers. And and gatekeepers are kind of one of those words. But for me, I, I see gatekeepers popping up everywhere. And of course, in my own spiritual tradition, there's gatekeepers left, right, and center. But even in popular culture, there's gatekeepers, right? There's people who, who a, a gatekeeper essentially says, if you don't think or act the way that I think or act, you are excluded from the group, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So someone in the church might say, if you don't believe that the Bible is the inerrant word of God, right? That's a thought that they have then you're not really a Christian. So now they just created a gate that keeps you in or out of their gate that they made. Yeah. Right. Pop culture. Uh, you could look at either politically, you could look at any end of the spectrum, right? There's both conservative and liberal gatekeepers. 
who say the same thing. They say, if you don't think or act the way we think or act, you're not part of us. Mm-hmm. Well, gatekeeping, I'm, I'm just, I'm going on a monologue. Is that all right, you Chris? Go. Can I keep you monologuing? Go. All right, I'm going to keep go. I was, uh, my next question was unpack this gatekeeping for let's, us. So. Let's go. Okay, so Do I'm going to keep going. Okay, so gatekeepers exist everywhere, but gatekeeping always leads to dogmatic beliefs. Hmm. And what I mean by that is a, a dogma is again dogma is essentially codified gatekeeping it's when the gatekeepers get together and write it down <laughs> that becomes dogma right um right. but dogmatic beliefs always get to a place where the the dogma itself becomes resistant to truth seeking mm. so now what the dogma says is don't go looking for the truth, just adhere to the dogma. Okay, so let's give a couple examples. Let's go back to, let's say, so the inerrancy of scripture, right? So let's talk about that a little bit. So the dogma says scripture is the inerrant word of God. That's a dogmatic belief. Now, the truth can quest from there. Now, the truth might ultimately agree with that. Maybe not. Because the truth is not bound to the dogma. The truth is just out there to be sought and found by whoever would go seek it. Dogma and gatekeepers say, if you turn your nose away from adhering to the dogma to sniff out any other avenue, then you're out. Get out of here. You violated the dogma. You're no longer included. We can talk about that when we look at whether it's police brutality or if it's Black Lives Matter, there are sacred cows in both of those circles. There are dogmas that say, nope, you just believe this or else you're out. You can't be, if you examine that, if you look at it closer, if you ask more questions about it, then you betray us and you're out. So dogma always resists truth seeking because the truth might just break the gate. And let's let's look what's behind that gate. There's a lot of power, right? A lot of influence. There really is. Right? There yeah. and I mean, I maybe we could have a whole other episode on how gatekeepers create dogma that create institutions that create systems that create mm. religions. Because um, to me, that's a scaffold that you know goes all the way to the top in every realm of life. But you're right. There's a lot of yeah. power. There's a lot of control behind those dogmas. But the other thing that dogmatic beliefs do is that they always resist freedom Mm -hmm. because dogmas are inherently bound and freedom is inherently unbound. Okay. So even if we take a dogma that claim to be about freedom, let's say second amendment rights. Okay. By the very nature of the dogmatic beliefs of second amendment defenders, they are resisting freedom because freedom can only be bound within their dogma in their minds mm. when actual freedom extends beyond includes and usurps their dogma. You need to sit in that for a bit. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Shoot. Dang. Well, I, I, I guess I want to talk about this right now because I feel Within myself and my own personality, my wiring, Mm -hmm. I love to be an expert and I love to be exclusive. 
I feel that I feel that person inside of me. I feel the dogmatic person. I feel the gatekeeper. Yeah. I feel the specialist inside of me and I'm learning how to have conversations with that part of myself. Um, but I really enjoy the image of creating a world that is free from that. Mm. And that's free from that part of myself. I want to live, I want to step into a world where I am free from those parts of me. Yeah. And so for me, I, I, I want this podcast to be a place where there aren't silly questions, right? Cause mm. all of us learned something at some point. Yeah. Right. Chris, the fact yeah. that you know something I don't know, the only thing that tells us about is that you're a different person than me. Mm-hmm. It says nothing about who's smarter or who's more able or who's anything just says we're different people, which is right. the most obvious thing in the world. Yeah. And so I, I really want this podcast to be that kind of a place where, um, you can hold me like to, to task on that, right? When you feel mm-hmm. me start to gatekeeping and you feel me start <laughs> to go dogmatic or you feel me start to play the role of the expert that you can just be like, hang on, Caben, you poop in the same toilet. Um, <laughs> put your pants on one leg at a time, fella. <laughs> and, uh, and, and hopefully then we can, um, create a space that, that feels, um, open and truth seeking to everyone listening. Well, and, and I told you, this is one of the things when we were prepping for season two that, um, I, I feel like I, I actually journeyed with you, um, in season one in that I would, I would walk a lot and I would listen to, to the podcast for season one. And it was actual an actual journey for me. Um, and it's interesting that you bring up the point of dogma and asking questions because there's growing up in the Christian evangelical Christian I, I'm, I, faith, uh, very thankful for that in a way. And, and also there's a lot of fear that was baked into that. So the idea of asking questions is, is a very dangerous place to start for me anyway, uh, because there's, there's a lot of insecurity in there right? Like, well, what if I just start asking questions and that just upends everything that I believe? And then what was the point of the last 40 years that I've been living? And mm. yeah, my mind just goes down that trail. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things that I've appreciated about almost the, the safeness of this space is it's okay to ask some questions and exactly what you said. It's okay if we're different people and I don't have to draw the same conclusions that you do and Mm -hmm. you don't have to draw the same conclusions that I do, but that's okay. And that we can hold space and have those conversations and still walk away like mutual respect, mutual Mm -hmm. understanding. And there's so many of, I told you this guest last season that just by hearing their opinion, it helped unlock some understanding of relationships that I have that are very close to me mm. that I wouldn't have understood. And I wouldn't have gotten deeper insight had I not heard these conversations and had I not heard these questions being asked. So the idea of maybe it's, maybe it's going to be uncomfortable. Maybe it's going to be a little bit painful to step out there. Please do. And if, if I can say anything, just what I'm learning from what, what you're these exercises that you're taking us through the exercises of not being afraid to say, Hey, there's let's acknowledge creation for what it is. Let's acknowledge creator. However you do that. And that's 
for me, I'm, I'm learning to say that's okay. If your expression is different than my expression. Hmm. Um, and, and we can talk about that and, and there might be some things that I learned from you and maybe you'll learn something from me, but at the end of the day, we're different people mm-hmm. and let's, let's ask those questions and, 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 and seek to understand. So uh, I'm, I'm super excited about this. Anything that we should be looking forward to as, as we're kind of continuing this journey, Cabin, as we're, as we're looking forward. Man, check us out ending on time. Um, you know, so we, we've <laughs> actually <laughs> try. We, we've actually already recorded four guest interviews, which I'm super excited about. Um, they're just really going to be fantastic, incredible people um, that you guys are going to be able to hear from on this podcast. And you know, I I had an amazing group of guests in season one, and I just I didn't think I could match it. And then here we are, four in on season two, and I'm just my mind is blown. It's going to be some really fun conversations. Um, you know, again, if you want to know more about kind of tenderly rooted, our website is just www.tenderlyrooted.com. While I'm at it, I'll also say this podcast has a website. It's just www.ofdustindivinity.com. Um, go there. There's show notes there. You'll find like references to all the books and stuff we've talked about, maybe some other clips. Um, importantly, also there's that link into our Patreon, which we love hanging out and just getting in conversation with you guys. That's a great place to disagree with us because um, we <laughs> we love having those conversations. And then there's also just bonus content, right? So there's going to be some recorded conversations where um, people give some pushback and challenge. Um, and and yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot uh, of ways for you as you're listening to this, if any of this is pinging on you, obviously, please leave a rating and review. You know, before I had a podcast, I thought, man, people are just selling me a line. Like people are just looking to butter their own bread with my rating and review. Now that I'm producing and creating a podcast, I am realizing like it's not it's not buttering my bread. It is the bread and butter. I mean, it's it's the thing that keeps the podcast alive. It's um, it really is important in the way that, you know, the technological world and the algorithms have wired things, man, if, if people listen to this and they think in their head, that was cool. And then don't go leave a rating and review. Um, then, then there's other people who aren't going to hear that it was cool, right. Who might want to. Um, so absolutely jump on however you listen to this podcast, it's everywhere. Um, just jump on, leave a rating and review. We'd love that. And then again, hop on a Patreon. Let us know you dropped a rating review. We'd love to just send you a thank you card and just let you know what our thoughts on that. And just, it'd be a great way for us to connect as well. Um, so yeah, please do that. And then again, if you just hit that share button on however you listen to it again, it's crazy with the algorithm, but if you're on, however you're listening to it and you hit that share button from that source and send it as a text message or Facebook message to someone else, that does just miracles behind the scenes as far as helping other people beyond the person you sent it to find the podcast who would also enjoy it. So share it, subscribe to it, leave a review and that then other people like us can connect and uh, keep going on this journey together. And please join the conversation. We, we, we want to hear that questions that you've got for, for Cabe and put them in there. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll ask them. <laughs> he said nothing's off limits so i might be putting words in your mouth but uh, no you're not you, you were taking a swig of whiskey so i figured i'd take yeah. it, the opportunity uh but no we're excited to do that and and one of the things that we've talked about and we'll see if it comes to fruition is uh even having some listeners join in for some some extras on the patreon and just maybe having a bit of a round table and 
fleshing out maybe some of these concepts a, a little bit more. So we're excited yeah. about that. And we also talked, one of the ideas, I guess we're kind of now spitballing, Chris, but we'd also even talked about this idea of like, you know, maybe some people who interact with us in some certain ways on Patreon, like we might even send them some free merch. And, and when, I, when I say merch, let me be clear, we're talking about tenderly rooted because, yeah. you know, we, we sell our walnuts direct to consumer. We have our own packaging and um, we're in a couple of grocery stores. And so, of course, and we also have like hats and shirts and other stuff. And so, um, you know, we we would love to kind of send some of that merch to some people on Patreon as well. And I'll say it if you don't, if you're looking for a way to uh, support small farming and, and, and farmers, this is a great way to do it. So the, and <laughs> I can tell you, my wife has and we have had those walnuts and and high praise. From, do you you uh, want to know a crazy wife. stat, Chris? This this blows my mind, even though like I know it, it still blows my mind. It's one of those things that's like, you know, is true, but you don't feel like it should be true. If we could just sell 5% of our crop direct consumer, yeah, it would equal the 95% of our crop that we have to sell in the commodity market. No kidding. I mean, we can have a whole conversation about how farmers get screwed in the commodity market because they wow. do, but that's how badly we get screwed. Buy walnuts, people. <laughs> Tenderly. <laughs> All right. That's another conversation that we got to have because that's fascinating to me. And I didn't even know that. So I'm looking forward to having that conversation. But uh, thank you, Kevin, for for letting me, you know, kind of pick your brain a little bit here on some of these concepts for letting us, you know, promote what you guys are doing, the hard work that you're doing and just giving us some more insight into um, the soil and the soul and the city and, and, and all that good stuff. So thank you so much. And that's our show. If this conversation was meaningful to you like it was to us, leave a rating and review so that more people just like us can discover this podcast and join the conversation themselves. Thank you for listening. This has been such a fun conversation and we'd love for you to join the conversation too. But hey, you've heard enough of our voices. For show notes or to connect with this community of seekers, visit us online at ofdustanddivinity.com partner with us on Patreon and get access to exclusive content, merch, and hidden perks. Go to patreon.com slash of dust and divinity. Join our Facebook group of dust and divinity podcast community and engage with us on Instagram at of dust underscore and divinity. As you go through your day, remember these words of Rainer Maria Rilke. Be patient toward all that is unsolved in your heart and try to love the questions themselves. Do not seek the answers which cannot be given to you, for you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now. Now.